All right, everyone. We got Mitch Calvert here. Mitch, you're a good buddy of mine. Uh, now, I, I would say it's Mitch Calvert Fitness, but I understand you've gone through a rebranding. So let's go through that and then we'll start chatting. Yeah, I mean, it's still the umbrella is Mitch Calvert Fitness, but we right. do have two separate programs underneath it now that are, you know, one's for men, specifically the uh, belly burn blueprint. So we're okay. focusing on that area, which is a trouble spot for most guys. And then drop two sizes because women aren't necessarily looking for the same things. So drop two sizes for them, get them into that old pair of jeans they have buried in the closet and uh, fit those dresses just right. So nice. Cool. I like it. And how's that going for you? How's the business going? Good. As good as ever, honestly. I mean, I feel a little bit, well, blessed, I guess, during COVID to have a business that's growing. And, yeah. you know, it's internet virtual base so it works well in that respect mm -hmm. you don't have to have the face-to-face -face that i used to have with personal training so it doesn't work for everybody that model but it's where the world's going right so it's sort yeah. of the stage well and it's different too than personal training right because personal training is essentially about the workout mm -hmm. right whereas what you're doing as a coach is about the person the client it's about we're focused on you this isn't about getting you through the 45 minutes. This is about we're trying to change you, make a better you, a healthier you, um, which is a big thing. And I think, I mean, even 2019 started to really come about 2020. I mean, the first few times I had you on the show, um, we had talked about that, right? Like this idea that, you know, where the, the, blur, the lines get blurred between beauty and science, right? It's okay to look. I'm beautiful how I look. Beauty's an opinion. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, you know, sure. That's for everybody. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. But there's a difference between beauty, opinion, and science. Mm -hmm. And when science says, hey, these things are healthy or unhealthy, that's not an opinion. That's a fact. You know, I love how it was it Jillian Michaels actually like, had to disappear like she's the one that had to disappear because she had, like she actually stood up and said you know we can talk and celebrate lizzo as much as we want but you know when she gets diabetes and possibly is on dialysis possibly you know having kidney failure then who's laughing then who's telling the funny stories but then she's the bad guy for pointing out like hey this isn't okay from a health perspective right you know. Yeah, I mean, COVID just brought that more to light. The body positivity movement is great on one level, but a lot of the people with the worst outcomes from COVID, obesity, diabetes, they already have pre-existing conditions that cause this inflammation, and then COVID just wreaks havoc in that environment. So there's one thing to be, you know, body positive about where you're at, and that's great, but yeah. it's hard to be healthy at any size, right? If you're way overweight. You're just kind of fighting an uphill battle at that point. So, I mean, I think there's some flaws to that whole movement. Well, and I think, too, it's even like athletes. Kind of, there's a lot of athletes that get into that kind of guilt, especially when you look at, like, the fighters. Like, if you watch UFC, especially get into the heavyweights, and you see some of them, people are like, oh, well, see, that's what an athlete's body looks like. That's what my body looks like. You know, and then, and I don't know the, the politically correct way of, of, of saying this, so I'm just going to say it is then they'll go and say, well, look at him. He knocked that guy out. He's a, he's a top-level professional athlete. So, therefore, this is, you know, health comes in all shapes and sizes. When the real takeaway is, yeah, he might have gotten through that fight. Yeah, he might have knocked that guy out. But imagine 
how good he could be if he took his health, if he took his fitness that much more seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see it in all sports, you know, top golfers that end up committing to the gym, add another 20 yards in their drive, they shave off a few strokes, they're making more money, you know? I mean, you Was have to shambo did that? Bryson DeChambeau's? Uh, Sam, yeah, there was one other guy that uh, I'm blanking now. They featured him during the Masters who yeah, identified oh, the whole – Xander Shoffley. What Was it Xander Shoffley? Yeah, Sh- yeah, yeah. Because uh, just the fact he got stronger, you know, partly he already had the talent in the raw swing, and it just made it work even better. Yeah, it was either DeChambeau or Shoffley. I can't remember which yeah. one it was. But, yeah, that was the story going into the Masters was that he got jacked up. Like he put on like 30 pounds over the last year – and like looks like a linebacker like he looks like Gronk out there but with actual golfing abilities and people were like well wait a second if he can hit 420 yard drives like that (laughs) yeah you know yeah that's a game changer for sure yeah and it it goes to athletes and maybe those top fighters are great you know talented but maybe there's some blood work issues there because they're overweight too you know you never know right it's always good to control what you can well and I, and I don't know that there's a lot of science, a lot of hard, concrete, peer-reviewed, bona fide, objective science that indicates that, yes, carrying extra body fat, unnecessary body fat, increases your body's production, productivity, and is overall good for your health. It's yeah. not, like, I don't know that those studies exist. I don't believe so. I mean, there's obviously genetic anomalies. You can get away with it, you know, be really overweight and have great blood work and everything else. But, you know, you go to your doctor, if you're overweight, the first thing they're going to tell you is drop the weight. A lot of these things should correct themselves, whatever they're seeing on the blood work and that. So yeah, tends to be losing weight tends to be the first, you know, solution. If you've got a blood pressure issue, blood sugar, just general lethargy and energy that can come down right away and be improved just by committing to fitness, losing some pounds, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and so. I think too, it's, if you notice too, whenever you watch like a reality show where there's a person who, you know, looks unhealthy and generally probably is unhealthy, you know, they're a drinker, they're a smoker, they eat fried foods every meal of the day. And then the blood work comes back. Okay. There's always an element of surprise on the doctor's face, right? They're always like, Oh, your liver is okay. Your kidneys are okay. You know, you're like, oh, you don't have diabetes, huh? Like, and as you said, it's because you can get away with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're sort of playing Russian roulette to some degree. You know, it may show up fine at 30. You start to get into your 40s and these things catch up to you eventually. And I, I've seen people in my, even in my close circle of friends yeah. who were the, the party type and abandon all health in their 20s, early 30s, but now it's starting to show itself. Mm-hmm. Sort of, it just accumulates over those years and you don't, might not you know, realize it at first, but it could be really damaging in the end. Well, I think too, the big thing there is the idea that when it does catch up with you, the time to act was yesterday, not now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you it's know, a bigger job now, for sure. It's a longer hill to climb. Well, and, and so tell me about this a little bit with like your, with your, your program and some of the clients you work with. And cause I think it's very important for people out there to understand the big difference between just going in and getting an exercise program versus what 
you truly offer as essentially kind of like a lifestyle coach and, you know, a, a true fitness and healthy lifestyle coach versus, you know, the personal trainer or the Peloton program or something like that, where it's, it, it's fixated on that one thing, right? It's kind of like a bit of a, it, 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 in a way it'd be like if you took a super supplement to get you through your day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, you're missing certain components when you just focus on the exercise or focus on the diet. And the mindset is as big a driver of change as possible. So I, I really focus in on that. But that's why I can kind of guarantee, you know, a result within 90 days because we get under the hood and make sure every piece is kind of interconnected there. And as a personal trainer, I couldn't really guarantee that because maybe you do a hard workout with me, but then you go home and you finish off uh, some fried foods and six beers and come back Monday and your weight's up and you don't know why. And it's because mm -hmm. we're kind of missing that nutrition piece. Yeah. There's so many factors involved in transformation that if you focus in on only doing workouts, you can kill yourself at them and not really see a lot of measurable change because you're not, you know, addressing the other issues, factors involved. Well, I think that's exactly it too, right? It's like, it's that idea. You can lie to me all you want, but it's the lying to yourself that that's going to hurt you. Exactly. Right. You yeah. can lie to me. We use accountability tools to help with that. So like through my app, you're logging your food, right? So if, yeah, I mean, you could lie on that those food logs, but then when I see no change in your measurements or weight, <laughs> we can pretty quickly identify what's going on there yeah. and, uh, and address it, right? So throughout the process, we're sort of assessing um, yeah. the data points we have. And if it's not showing trend that we like or should be, then obviously we need to fix something. And that's why we can't at least identify that because we're doing all that stuff, right? Yeah, 100%. Well, and it's funny because before we start recording, I kind of said that was kind of what I, I was hoping we could kind of segue into a little bit mm -hmm. is that idea. And I, and I think it's a very important thing. You know, we, everybody talks about the importance of being active, working out, however that looks for you. Mm -hmm. There's so much out there and there's so many people talking about that. But for me, it's so important, especially, you know, we have the six-year-old daughter. We now have the new baby boy. It's important to understand that relationship with food. And I've long, long, long felt that fad diets, and that's what they are. Doesn't mm -hmm. matter what name you put on it. You might as well just stick fad in front of it. This is, this is the fad of the week. In my opinion, is equally as destructive as just having poor dietary habits because of the psychological component. And lest we forget too, some of these things also have been shown to have some chemical components in your body as well. For instance, the cutting out carbs. It is, you need those carbs, otherwise your hormones get out of whack. Mm -hmm. Yeah, anything too, too far to one extreme or the other can cause a you know, cascade of issues, um, yeah. for sure. And yeah, I mean, I think you've won when you get to the point where you don't really have to even think about it. You're just right. making healthy choices on autopilot and it's a part of your lifestyle. And yeah, you know, there's one approach. I try to break it up into diet mode and lifestyle mode. Sure. If you've got 50 pounds to lose, you're going to have to make more sacrifices in the short term. Right. Get a little more strict just to force the weight off, but you do want to transition into something more lifestyle based where you're doing things because you enjoy it. You're exercising because you like how you feel after mm -hmm. your diet has flexibility. So you can enjoy some things that might be off limits on a fad. 
Mm-hmm. And ultimately that's where you want to get to, you know, cause then there's no rebound. There's no limiting yourself and feeling restricted that you eventually cave and, you know, fall off the wagon. Well, I, and that's a big thing too. And I mean, I, it was funny because I'd meant to, I, I kept meaning to reach out to you about it. Cause you had had a client, I guess that had let you go in the summer because you took four days off. Right. And I think she called you some kind of name or it was like unprofessional or something that you abandoned Mm-hmm. them and it was like well look karen i don't think it's an abandonment issue it's an accountability issue mm-hmm. is yeah. really what it is like if you're a fully grown person and i say to you, and, and we've been working together for x amount of time and i say okay i think you can handle a few days on your own here to manage your own shit mm-hmm. and you can't at a certain point, that is 100% on you. Because in no other endeavor is someone sitting there holding your hand forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and my goal is not to have repeat business. You know, referral business, great. But I don't yeah. want someone, as soon as, you know, three months is up, they have no tools to sustain their results. They don't have the coach checking in, so they completely go revert. We don't want that. We, we, I try to give them the tools to do this on their own. Right. You know, what is that line about teaching them how to fish? Instead of fishing yeah. for them? Exactly. So she wasn't getting that message, I guess. And uh, I mean, even though there was lots of notice that went out ahead of that four day window, yeah. uh, you know, and she was going through things. I mean, I'm not going to hold it against her. I think it was a divorce that came up in her life. So right. I was sort of the, the target just because of everything going on in her life. Absolutely. I get that part of it, but your point being an important one is, you do have to have some self accountability at some point. Right. Uh, well, and that's do- what it, go ahead. No. And I think that's the big thing too, is that, and that's why I kind of want to illustrate that is when these th- things like this happen, people have to take into context what is actually happening here. I don't know this client. I don't know them from a hole in the wall. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not saying they're a bad person. I'm not saying that they're wrong. I'm not saying they're lazy, any of this. But at a certain point, when things like this happen, it's not an indictment of you as their coach, right? It's more, and and exactly, it's an indictment of the situation. But the important thing is to understand that, wait a second, this isn't a problem with with me as a coach. I'm not unprofessional for taking four days off, right? And I think that's, that's, that's kind of more the point I want to illustrate is that at a certain point, yes, the hand, we need to start letting go of the hand. Mm-hmm. right like for instance like even with your kids how old are they now five and uh two and a half oh my but even with the two and a half year old right there are times where she's probably like daddy let me like i got this right they want to yeah that's kind of our default wiring is to want to have you know take ownership and dress yeah. yourself and if you keep doing things for them they become mm-hmm. adults that are completely dependent on others and can never really function <laughs> society yeah right you know and that's kind of so that's that becomes the example right at a certain point and kind of what we had talked about you know a few minutes ago was that idea of people can make excuses and it's amazing the amount of time that gets wasted making excuses mm-hmm. yeah it becomes a self-fulfilling thing you become the victim and when you're in that victim mindset you don't really look for solutions no. or or understand you know because Often they'll say, oh, I can't afford it right off the bat about something, whether right. it's my person or otherwise, instead of how can I afford this? 
Right. How can I change this? You know, you got to, because once you're in that mindset that there's no way out, there is no way out. You've kind of just, you know, you forced it on yourself there. Well, it's, it's kind of like the people that believe successful people are, do, are, be, are successful to spite you. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like Jeff Bezos is worth, you know, $200 billion to spite me. He's done this to hurt me. Yeah. You know, fuck you, Jeff. You did this to, to stick it to me. Yeah. Even though you he's know, providing something that helps all of our lives, right? The convenience of Amazon and 100%. Yeah. But, but he did it to you. He's done this to you. His 200 billion is against you. That's a work against you. Mm-hmm. Right. Elon Musk putting rockets into space and, and trying to change, you know, how we've wired our planet is, is against us. Like he's, he's successful in doing things to make our world better against you. Like, but, and, and that's exactly it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it kind of goes back to, you know, all rich people are assholes, that mentality. And I guess that's sort of forced upon us by parents or other influences. Right. So kind of, we grow up with it, but often, People with money that I've met are great people and they're providing value into the world, which is why they're making a good living from it. Mm-hmm. And, and ultimately, it's a win-win when they sell you something that helps your life. Even though you pay mm-hmm. for it, you're getting so much back. You know? right. So I think everything is a little bit different uh, than a lot. And I, I was that type that was you know, scarcity-minded. You know, That rich guy is rich because he takes from other people and you know, it's not the way the world works typically. I mean, there's the odd, there are some, there are some, there are, there are some nasty people out there that don't give a shit. You know, we knew one one. anyway, not harboring on that, but it's exactly that though. Right. Is that it's, it's kind of those toxic thinking. It's like, it's like the person that doesn't take care of themselves shows up at the, at the beach. They wear the T you know, if it's the guy, they wear the t-shirt to go in the water or the, the big board shorts that don't fit, you know, or whatever it might be. And then they see the person that has worked out that wants to wear the form fitting complimentary bathing suit. They're doing that despite them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh my God. She's wearing that bikini just to make us all yeah. look bad. Yeah, exactly. It's just, just like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know her? What's her name? Yeah, exactly. Is that your cousin, Michelle? No, no, I don't know her. Oh, does yeah. she know you? No. <laughs> oh, but when she decided to pack this morning to come to the beach, the only thing that was on her mind was sticking it to you. Yeah. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, it's, it's it's backwards. I mean, honestly, you should look at something like that and think, oh, that's something to aspire to. She must have worked hard for that. That's yeah. great. Maybe I should do a few things to get closer to that. I mean, you don't want to have bad body image issues or anything, but in general, you see something a little ahead of you in life. That should be something that you, you use as inspiration, not mm-hmm. jealousy. Well, it's even like if you listen to like, you listen to successful people talk, right? You listen to like an Elon Musk. It's who you aspire to be. It's mm-hmm. who you put on those pedestals that are so important to you. Um, but one of the things, yeah, is talking about that healthy relationship with diets. I don't know specifically in your program or in clients you've dealt with how the proportion of them that that's been the struggle is, oh, I've tried this diet. I've tried that diet. It doesn't work. And I'm sure you've probably seen some un in those cases, some underlying, like where now they do have some unhealthy kind of relationships with foods, right? Where they don't, you know, the carb fears that keto, that, that the keto followers have, right? 
or the sometimes even with keto, it's that I can eat anything as long as it doesn't have a carb in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Or the people that cut out to the extreme, you know, that will eat, you know, 300 calories a day and, you know, sit there. And as you said today, I, I liked your post um, about what does it teach your family? What does it teach your kids that your salad and your doing without is more important than enjoying a meal with them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it becomes almost an obsession at that point. If you can't have a sit-down meal with your kids, go out to a restaurant the odd time, you know, have some flexibility. That's not healthy at all in the long run. And, and you'll eventually cave and really kind of boomerangs, right? Where you come back and you fall completely off the wagon, binge eat, and then you're kind of in that cycle. No matter what diet you're trying, if you've been through a lot of different diets and you kind of binge and purge and rinse and repeat and get stuck in that vicious cycle with no real results, yeah. then yeah, there's a mindset that goes with that where you feel like every diet doesn't work for you. And yeah, you know, it's a tough place to be in. And it's common because everyone kind of gets sucked into the latest thing. Mm-hmm. They're all sort of, they all sort of look the same once you get in, into them and realize that it's restricting one thing and you feel more ah, just apprehensive, you know, mm-hmm. same thing happens over and over. Mm-hmm. So you have to find balance. Yeah. 100%. 100%. It's amazing. It's kind of like the, it's, it's kind of like the poor unsuccessful brother giving you stock advice, mm-hmm. right? When it comes to healthy lifestyles. Mm-hmm. Oh, my brother has this hot tip. Oh, does he trade stocks? No. Does he work in the financial sector? No. Oh, is he particularly successful? No. Oh, is he yeah. smart? Eh, not really. Why are you taking <laughs> advice from him then? Right? Like, and why are you more importantly coming to me with this crap? <laughs> exactly. I'm sure you deal with that all the time. It's sort of like Karen at the office who lost 10 pounds on her latest diet. So I want to do what Karen's doing, even though she'll be. 20 yeah. pounds over that within a month. Yeah. It, you know, the latest thing. And so you don't want to de- discourage people from, you know, looking around, reading stuff and, and yeah. forming their own opinions. But at the same time, if you, you know, you know run after every shiny object, you're never going really to get anywhere anyway. No. Well, talk to, so you'd said like your ideas within three months So talk to me kind of how a little bit about how your program works a little bit more in terms of just what exactly, you know, male or female, how, you know, you bring them in, what you're working with them for kind of the process, if you don't mind sharing that a little bit. For sure. I mean, weight loss is the most common goal in mind when someone comes into the program. So we, we sell them what they want and then kind of give them what they need as we go along. So right. certainly the, the pitch is dropping dress sizes or pounds and they will get that out of it. But the bigger element I'm trying to parlay onto them is it can be a lifestyle coming out of this. You don't have to focus on dieting forever because that's yeah. never going to work. You've been doing that for 10 years. It hasn't worked. So giving them sort of a middle of the road approach once they're done to maintain the results is as important as getting off those 10 to 20 pounds in the initial 90 days. So the tools we use are, you know, community virtual classes online. That's great. Like zoom classes like this. Yeah. Uh, And Facebook group. That's sort of where they get to meet other people on the same path as them and connect that helps with accountability as well. Mm -hmm. They they realize they're not in the fight themselves and 
And then the, you know, the workouts are great. Diet's great. All that stuff they could find somewhere else though, but it's getting them to consistently act on those key pieces. Yeah. Things well, they don't need to do. Yeah. Well, it's coaching, right? And I think it's, as you said there, there's an accountability when you build that community of you can't hide behind anonymity. Mm-hmm. You can't hide behind, oh, yeah, I can lie to Mitch and get through this and whatnot. Because, A, that's a waste of time. B, it's a waste of money. And C, it doesn't change a damn thing. Yeah. Right? Like, you're paying me to what at that point? And um, that, that's, that's, that's a really big part. But it's, it's kind of like the way I liken any kind of sports coach. Yeah. Right? You can, you know, what, what's his name? Let's take a uh, – who's – any, any hockey coach, uh, let's take like t- Barry Trotz right now, probably the best one in the game. Mm-hmm. Barry Trotz doesn't teach the Islanders how to shoot a puck, how to pass a puck, and how to skate. Yeah. You come to the New York Islanders knowing how to do that. Paul, Paul Maurice, there you go. Paul Maurice with the Jets. Paul, yeah, Maurice, yeah. Paul Maurice doesn't teach Patrick Laine how to shoot a puck. <laughs> no. Right? Like that's not his job anymore. Mm-hmm. It's now that we have, now that I can assume you have certain basic tools, let's now put this together. Right. Yeah. Right. It's more about thinking on using those tools. And that's essentially what separates the Connor McDavid's and the Sidney Crosby's, you know, from the fourth line guy on a Columbus Blue Jackets. Mm-hmm. Right. It's there. They all have the same tools. People think that McDavid or Crosby can do certain physical things that nobody else can do. That's not it at all. It's the entire package. It's the thought process. Yeah. I mean, Crosby came into the league, couldn't win a faceoff for his life, but dedicated the time to getting better at it. Yeah. And now he's one of the top guys in in that capacity too, because he's that uh, growth minded person who realizes they can get better at anything through persistence, through getting coaching and good feedback and applying your trade practicing. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, and that's kind of, and I like, and I, and I think to me, as I tell my listeners here today is the, the big thing, in, and I've, and I've, since I've had you on the show the first, I've always pushed kind of what you, what you do and what you offer because it's exactly that. You know, we've talked about it in the past. There's so much information out there, but you kind of maybe need somebody that can help guide you at looking at that information, mm-hmm. right? It's easy to go in here, Karen, at the water cooler. It's great to see YouTube videos. You know, it's great to follow an, an inspirational Instagram page, you know, watch me on my weight loss journey as I go keto and magically drop a hundred pounds, <laughs> yeah. you know, like all of these things. But again, that's where the coaching comes in is the workouts are workouts. At a certain point, we kind of all know how to do a bicep curl. We kind of all know how to do a push up. We all know how to do a crunch. We all know how to do a squat. Like really truthfully we do you know at you know we all have an understanding of basic food groups there's vegetables there's fruits there's grains there's proteins there's dairy we all know that we should Mm -hmm. you know it's putting that together in 24 hours and how to think about things and one of the things i've noticed you do and as someone myself who does have a bit of a cooking acumen uh, as you start to get a little more into the uh, dietary advice. And I, I think you'd put out something, some cooking tips or your little cookbooks. So tell me about that. I'm excited to hear about that. Yeah. I mean, just simple recipes. I find I had a bunch of recipes that I had a, a chef put together for me 
Some of them too are elaborate, honestly, for the average person. You need maybe five ingredients, one dish, something they can whip up, you know, between that 15 minutes when you get home with the kids to, to dinner yeah. time. So that was what I had in mind with that latest book. And yeah, it's a free giveaway. Anyone can ask me for it. Uh, it's just a collection of simple one pan recipes that obviously are healthy, but we try to toe that line between tasting okay and, and health. Um, so that that's where that idea came from. And it's just feedback based on clients who uh, want some variety in their meals, but you know, can only do so much cooking and have so much time in the kitchen to do that. Well, if you need any, if you want any inputs or anything, let me know. I'm happy to help out. Uh, I, I, I'm happy to help out in the food department if you need, um, because I think that's a right. Part of me. We're cooking a speedo. Just I, sure. I I do. I always cook in the speedo. You better believe that. Right, the oil potential. You gotta, you gotta, you got. Well, but I know what I'm doing. Sure. Right. It's, it's, you know, like, yeah, okay. There's splash ups. Yeah. I could get burnt. Yeah. I could do whatever. But part of that is a demonstration. Uh Part of that is a demonstration that I do have the confidence in my abilities to know what I'm doing that heck I could be doing it naked and I'm not really worried. (laughs) That's a professional right there. You know, Gordon Ramsay can cook blindfolded if he needed to. Mm-hmm. A barber, a master barber could shave your face blindfolded. Yeah. You know, Put in the rest, right? <laughs> you know, it's, it's no different. And, um, and I don't expect, and that's kind of the thing too, is that I try to show like now the six-year-old comes in the kitchen and helps me a lot. And, you know, their attention span, they want to go watch cartoons and play with their toys. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like chopping vegetables now, when I'm cutting up mushrooms, she takes over right? She's become my little sous chef in the kitchen. Mushrooms are cut up. Salad components are cut up by her. And I don't even think twice about it. She cuts them. She knows, she knows how to wash them, cut them, put them in the bowl and, and where to put them so that they're ready for me to cook. Nice. You know, and it's, and it's, it's things like that. So even when I post something that looks somewhat elaborate or looks like there's, you know, a certain technical ability required. More so I'm trying to show it that here I am just some bum with a podcast and I, and I know how to cook and it's not that difficult. And I think that's where those traps fall in, especially that idea of, you know, eating out, like that's a big one, especially Mm -hmm. in COVID. And that's kind of one of the issues I've had too, in a lot of these drives to go out and order from local businesses, support your local restaurants. Like, I get it. I get it. But I think that message needs to be tailored a little bit. If you're in a position to eat out, if you want to eat out, if you want to take out, then yes, by all means, please support a local business. But right now, let's make sure that pocketbook's taken care of. Let's make sure we're keeping some things into perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I totally get you there. And I mean, even a chain restaurant might be owned by a local guy. <laughs> so yeah, kinda, that argument's a bit flawed in a lot of ways. Exactly. <laughs> Subway is franchise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, it's the same thing. Maybe he's a little more well off because Subway is successful or whatever, but still yeah. it's the local Winnipeg guy that's paying his taxes. And I, I wouldn't shun them just because yeah. the whole wall place is a little harder done by, you know? Yeah. Wow. It's uh, no, it's, it's true. It's uh, one thing. Now I, I do have to ask when it comes to your cooking, 
what kind of cooking oil slash fat do you recommend? I'm going to audit this on you right now. Okay, that's, yeah. that's important. That is important. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of different opinions on this. Okay. For, for a client, honestly, who's trying to save as much calories in their day as they can, we just default to an olive oil cooking spray, you know, okay. versus using an oil, which obviously is more flavorful, but you're adding a couple hundred calories there too, whereas okay. a spray 15 calories or something. So, is it the healthiest? Is it the best tasting option? Not necessarily, but for someone who's trying to, you know, eke out some calorie savings in their day, a spray is an easy swap. Right? Yeah. So the chef and you might cringe at that. Because uh, I know oils can be a little more authentic, right? Believe Perfect. it or not, actually, so it's funny. I think that's the that's a bit of the number one misconception when it comes okay. to cooking. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I know you got a busy day, so... Uh... I do have a client soon that, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. The, um, I'll, I'll give you this. So the biggest misconception is the use of fats and oils. Um, I think a lot of people take what they see a, a chef teach them on a YouTube video or on any kind of online platform and take it like, Oh, that's the gospel. That's what you need to use. Mm-hmm. A lot of those instructional videos are more so just giving you an idea of how can you make a delicious meal at home? And it's not actually necessarily how they cook in their own restaurants or how they cook in their own home. That's, there's a big divorce there that needs to happen and that people need yeah. to understand. Okay, good to know. Yeah. Okay, so that's, that's one thing. That's one misconception I want to clarify. Um, the second thing, cooking with margarine is not okay. That's, that's the first thing that margarine does not, does not go in a pan period <laughs> ever. Um, there's, there's, I mean, there's many a reason why, but long story short, um, there's evidence to show that I believe it is, tr- it is carcinogenic um, because of the chemical components in there are not meant to be heated. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So it's a great calorie saver on a sandwich. Mm-hmm. You're not cooking with it. Um, the other thing too, um, when it comes to fats are smoke points, that's the biggest thing. So, um, I'll give you a tip and actually what I'll do is I'll make a video. I'll make a little instructional video. If you want, Mitch, I'll share it on my Instagram and then you're more than welcome to use it and share it as well. I'll send you the video. Um, the best thing in my opinion to use is ghee, um, which is highly clarified butter. Mm -hmm. Um, the reason why is you're taking out all the milk proteins, so from a lactose perspective, it's far easier on your body. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, from a fat oil perspective, it's a lot cleaner, a lot healthier than just about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, second thing is it has one of the highest, if not the highest smoke point. So you can basically kind of cook anything in it and you're not going to smoke up your kitchen. But also the reason why smoke points are important is because again, the chemical components change at heats and become carcinogenic. They become unhealthy. Um, big thing there, olive oil. Yes, you see a lot of chefs using their instructional videos. I don't know many of them that are actually cooking with it, to be perfectly honest. Olive oil is meant as a finishing oil, in, in, my, in my opinion. Some people might debate me on that. That's fine. That's an opinion thing. But from a science, from an actual technique, you know, cooking from an ease of use thing, believe it or not, your cooking sprays are actually significantly better and easier to use than oil, than olive oil. Okay. Good to know. 
Okay. Yeah. So if you are, if, if you do have a client that wants it, so if they want that flavor, a teaspoon of olive oil to finish a dish, a, again, they're not adding too many calories. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly for your clients, I would say in that case, invest in a good olive oil, go to a place that sells mm. good olive oil, right. buy a yeah. bottle. It'll last you six months. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but olive oil typically is used to finish and it's used to dress salads. Yeah, oh, for sure. The salad thing I get totally. Yeah. Um, the other thing too, is if you are going to use an oil that so that people don't want to take the time to make ghee, canola oil is usually your better one. It does have a higher smoke point. Yeah. Um, and if you really want to try and keep it healthy, a dab, a small knob of butter with your oil goes a long way because basically the fats then work with and against each other simultaneously. So they actually prevent each other from burning. Oh, really? Okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I knew about the burn points and how olive oil didn't rank very good on that, right? Yeah. And then, and the peanut oils and stuff too. So a lot of the ones you see in a lot of Asian cuisines and the stir fry cuisines stay the hell away from as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So deep fried, uh, is that peanut oil at five guys? I think, I think that's, so. yeah, that's, that's no good. Yeah. <laughs> Ideally you should even be deep frying in ghee. It's just, it would be oh. very expensive. It's yeah, very yeah. expensive, but it, it, it would be worth it and far healthier. But yeah, I'll, I'll make a video. I'll attach it and you can share that because yeah, it, um, just to give you a, and I'm not trying to criticize what you do. I'm just trying to give you a, a little, no, bit no, of, no, no. This is a different perspective. It's good. Yeah. Um, but that's, that, that's kind of where it goes is, um, that's a big thing. That's a, that's a big one that, that, that's a very big misconception. Salad dressings too. I'm not a big fan, not a big fan of no, salad dressings. No. Yeah. The more something has in, in terms of ingredients, the more likely man-made and you don't really know what you're getting, you know, trans fats for one, but, uh, yeah, the simpler, the better. Yeah. Sure. I'll, I'll share i'll share i'll give you some food tips for you but i'll share all right i'll, I'll help you out with that. that all right but, well uh, i have to hit my eleven fifteen appointment here on no Zoom. problem so no. we'll uh well thank we'll, you so much bud i have to th I, I i thank you again for coming on we got to do this again uh i i am happy to hear that you and your family are doing well um where can everybody find you get in touch with you um and what's the process there yeah, MitchCalvert.com, my home base online, uh, Instagram slash MitchCalvertFitness, uh, free press, mostly on Saturdays. It's been moved to Mondays lately. So the pulse column in there okay. every second week, typically, if you're local nice. to Winnipeg. And that's about it. All right, bud. Tell me through the site if you have questions. All right. Thank you so much for coming on, bud. All right. Take care. Sounds good. All right. All the best, man.